Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, sponsored by the High Speed Alliance. I'm your host, Dr. Forrest Bryant, and we're always focusing on how we can help our listeners achieve freedom and legacy by mastering their business, finances, family, and lifestyle. And today we have a special guest, Mr. Wayne Schaefer. How are you doing, Wayne? I'm doing real good. How are you, Forrest? Doing great. Thank you for being with us. Wayne is the, the CEO and founder of Good Success, and he is the epitome of the visionary. He started this business uh, right, right after the, the last real estate downturn, and they have just done amazing things since there. Since then, they started off the first year, bought and sold 48 houses, a $14 million company. And I know this guy has a, has a huge heart for the Lord and, and a heart for God. And I know one of your big, big things is to be able to give away a huge, huge chunk of money. So uh, I, I appreciate you, Wayne. And I, 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 can, I know I can call you a, a friend. And just for the listeners, I'll go ahead. I like to get it out there if we've, got, uh, if we've done business in the past and I have uh, personal uh, history with you. And I do, we've, we've done a lot of deals together. So I like to kind of get that out there. So a little bit of a biased opinion, but, uh, I, I love what you guys are doing up there. I've been up to see your operation and, uh, it's, it's very impressive. So, uh, I know you're married, got two kids, 21 and eight, almost 18. And, um, just, uh, uh, really honored to have you on today. So just Wayne, tell me in your words, tell me, tell me who you are and, and a little bit about, about your business. Okay. Well, Forrest, um, uh, let's see, kind of on a personal level, um, I actually uh, uh, went to Bible college, met my wife at Bible college, and uh, we got married and decided to plant our roots uh, right here in Northwest Indiana and raise our family here. We've been married 27 years. Uh, like you said, I have two daughters, uh, one 21-year-old and uh, an almost an 18-year-old. And um, um, the, um, my, my, my 21 year old, year old, she's actually going to Bible college, same place that my wife and I met and, uh, my, uh, youngest daughter, she's getting ready to graduate high school. And, uh, I've been through a lot of, and, and on a professional level, I've been through a lot of ups and downs in real estate. Um, started back in 1995, uh, bought a, uh, bought a, uh, Carlton Sheets, uh, no money down, uh, real estate course. And uh, bought a whole bunch of houses that uh, I, I look back on it now that I had no business buying. And it kind of ended up a little bit in a mess a couple years later and uh, in, in 1997. So, and then in 2004, I got back into real estate investing full time. And, uh, you know, of course, then the, the market crashed in 2008. <laughs> so I, I, I found another, uh, you know, another twist in the road here. Um, and... Uh, so and then uh, so I ended up ended up having to build back uh, since 2008 and uh, kind of be, uh, got into wholesaling and uh, now we've branched out into wholesaling, fix and flips, and rent to owns and uh, even real estate education. So um, it's um, been through some ups and downs in real estate. I've learned what to do and what not to do. Some of the things I learned the right way. Uh, some of the things I learned the hard way. <laughs> right. right. Um, I think John Maxwell has a book out there. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, and it has the word lose or something that crossed yeah. out. Learn. 
So I've done a lot of winning and I've done a lot of losing and, and learning along the way. Yeah. That's well, been my experience with real estate. Well, that, and that's, that's one thing with the High Speed Alliance. We like to work with people like you who have, have been down that road and, and, and made some of those mistakes. And so now you can uh, help, help protect us and, and make sure that, uh, that, that we're making wise investments and wise decisions. And so uh, those scars and that, that learning is, uh, is invaluable, isn't it? Yeah. It's, an, it's a painful way to learn, but it's very effective. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I, I've got them. I've got them as well, and that, that's how we get smarter, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, I know your knowledge, and I know you're an educator on real estate, and I know you care about teaching other real estate investors, active and passive, how to how to how to do what you do, and and that you're an open book, having people come in and and, and learn the techniques uh, that 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 have catapulted your company to, to where it is now. And I know we could talk about single family homes and rehabbing and multifamily and wholesaling and turnkeys and active turnkeys and private lending. I mean, I know you just have this broad base of knowledge. We could talk about anything, but I really want to kind of focus in today on, on wholesaling and private lending and how that really is a, is a really great entry point uh, for some of our doctors and CEOs that are maybe new to real estate investing. And so we're going to kind of keep it on like a high level. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of go to our members only section on the back and we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper for some of our more advanced investors uh, to kind of, kind of get into some of that, but I kind of want to kind of keep it on, on the high level at, at the front, but um, just kind of give us an overview of somebody's new to real estate investing. What, what is wholesaling and how does that tie into private lending? Sure. Um, well, Forrest, um, right now, wholesaling is 77% of my business. Um, and wholesaling is defined as we just simply buy a house, we do absolutely nothing to it, and we sell it to someone who's going to rehab the property. Um, and, and, that's, and usually we do what's called a double close, where we buy it. <laughs> we buy it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and sell it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We already have a buyer lined up to buy from us. And in, in those situations, we don't ever really even need a, uh, a private lender. It's just a quick little in and out. But there are times where we actually purchase a property and, uh, and, and, and uh, we own it for 30, 60 days or so before we sell it off. So there are times where we do uh, work with private lenders for wholesale deals. But it is, I, I look at wholesale as, uh, as our company's ATM machine. Um, it keeps the money rolling in on a consistent basis. And I learned years ago that most businesses fail in their first five years due to lack of cash. So I always wanted to keep a good influx of cash coming in. Um, and that's why we mainly wholesale uh, is to keep that, keep that uh, money coming in on a regular basis. Right now, we also do fix and flip, which is uh, only about 8% of our business. Um, but I, I, I call that like killing and killing and eating an elephant every once in a while. You you eat pretty good for a while, but it's it's a little you know it, it's a little way a little ways down the road before you kill another elephant, eat well again. So uh, we do some fixing and flipping. That's only eight percent of our business. I really like the wholesale uh, uh, deal. And then uh, and then we do uh, about fifteen percent of our business is us building our own rent to own portfolio, where we are the owners of the properties. We have private lenders lend with us and stay with us sort of long term, receive monthly payments and such. Um, but the rent to own is more like our passive income stream 
Um, but in the process of us building a passive income stream, we also give lenders a passive income stream because we don't use the banks. We actually, and that's really what private lending is, is it's uh, you are not the owner of a property as a private lender. You are a lien holder on the deed and uh, you are the bank. Um, you're not the owner, you're the bank. You know, I, you know, so basically I have to, you know, make the payments on the property or you repossess the house. Uh, so, um, but that's the, that's the, the difference between the private lending uh, and the owning, you are not the owner, you are the lender, and you have all the same protections like, you know, anybody who buys their own personal residence, um, they have their name on the deed, however, Wells Fargo or Chase Bank or, or whoever may have the lien against that property and they get their payment every month, regardless of whether you make money or not, they still get their payment. And that's sort of um, what, what happens in the private lender position is that they are named as additional insured on our uh, on our um, um, on our uh, homeowners policy. They also are named as uh, first lien position on our on our deed that's recorded at the county. So it's a very safe position to be in. So that's 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 really fascinating. So uh, a, a busy professional, if you have a doctor or if you have a, a small business CEO, and they could actually be the bank and they could actually lend the money to you for the operations of your business and they lend out with the security that you're secured by the, by the property so that they can uh, make that interest back just like, just like a bank would. So uh, the returns on that, I know it's hard to believe, but we're looking probably double digit returns, aren't we Wayne? That you can make double digit returns in this business. Yes. That's, that's very possible. So uh, that, that's fantastic. So, Let's say if you've got, um, uh, you know, a young professional or maybe middle-aged or maybe somebody that's, you know, uh, pre-retirement or, or, or getting close to retirement age and they want to participate in, in private lending or in some of these real estate type of transactions, you know, what, how does that change the focus? What, what level uh, they are, they're at, at their, in their career? Right. You know, Forrest, I'm going to take this from a little different angle. Um, because instead of like a, uh, uh, an age group, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach it from a time standpoint. It re- because I know some, you know, some you know, younger people or middle-aged people that sold their practice, they have time. So if you have lots of time to work on your investments, I think buying or short-term lending is probably your best avenue. Um, if you don't have much time, at whatever phase of life you're in, if you don't have much time, really think you need to focus on long-term, um, the long-term deals. They're the, they're the quickest, simplest, easiest. Um, if you want simplicity, lend. If you want highest rate of return um, possible, then buy um, and uh, stick with short-term lending. But uh, anyhow, that's this in a nutshell. I, I think it comes down to how much time and, and uh, you, you have available to you. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're focused on supercharging things real fast and you, and you have time, we'll stick with buying. If you don't have the time, um, and you want simplicity, stick with lending. Yeah. Very, very straightforward answer. Very good. Um, so let's see, let's, let's, uh, you know, the real estate market is, you know, there is no actual real estate market. You know, there are lots of different pockets. There's different neighborhoods, different States, and there's lots of different variety in, in real estate, single family homes and multifamily and 
raw land. I mean, there's just so many different things, but, you know, just give me an idea. You know, you're in uh, a lot of different markets. I know you work uh, a lot in that Indiana market, Northwest Indiana, but, um, you know, what do you see with the, with the groups that you're in and the people you talk to nationally? What do you see kind of happening nationally? And, you know, what do you, what do you see in the markets that you work in? Well, just give us kind of an overview of where we are right now. Um, I see, I see two things mainly like national, um, I see number one is that prices are going up. Um, I've, I've seen that even locally here. We're seeing that uh, we're having to pay a little bit more for things than we were, than we had to buy, you know, that we had to pay two, three, four years ago. So prices are going up. Um, I've also noticed nationwide inventory is shrinking. Um, so those are the two big things that are going on on a national level. Um, and also uh, we're experiencing that on a local level as well. Um, we are in the northwest, uh, northwest Indiana, like you mentioned. Um, we're actually just over the border of, of Illinois. Um, when it's, lots of times we say we're in Indiana, everybody thinks automatically, oh, you're close to Indianapolis. Well, we're actually two and a half hours away from Indianapolis, but we're only about 35 minutes away from Chicago. So we're, mm-hmm. we're just right over the border of, Indi- of the, the Indiana-Illinois border, and we're close to Chicago. Um, and... Uh, uh, what we found in our market, in our local market, is that we, we actually have um, a boring market. <laughs> We're in a boring market. There aren't huge, huge spikes, and there aren't huge, huge downturns. Um, there are, you know, in, uh, the, the, there are, you know things do kind of go up a little bit, and they kind of go down a little bit, but they aren't the really big shifts that some people experience in real volatile markets. So... Um, that's one thing as I'm noticing is that, uh, and actually, I, I think I prefer to be in boring markets. Um, they're more, and, and, and I feel like they're more stable um, and uh, just not quite as, as uh, volatile to, to, to changes. So uh, I kind of like my boring market. I like your boring market too. I, I, you, as you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm well invested in in Northwest Indiana as well, and I, I like it as well. So uh, I like boring markets. They just uh, they just they just they just cash flow and just keep on kicking, don't they? Right. So uh, we we kind of talk. We hit this a little bit, but just you know, what what are some easy ways to get started? I know we kind of talked that you know private lending is a is is a really that's an easy entry point. And I know for me, that was some of the first deals that I did when, uh, when I, when I started getting into, uh, when I got out of the speculative market and started getting into the cash flow market. Uh, so, you know, some of the first deals I did were, uh, private lending for wholesale deals. So, you know, uh, expand on that a little bit, you know, just what are, what are the real easy entry points? Right. Well, definitely you just said it and I'm just going to echo what you said. Lending is definitely the simplest way to get started. Um, I call it the, the least amount of brain damage <laughs> that you can have is, is lending. And, uh, and I also, uh, you probably saw my presentation. I, I, I've done a, I've, I do a presentation called that lending is the best seat at the real estate table. At the end of the day, the lender, um, you know, now I, as the real estate investor, the boots on the ground guy, I might walk away from a closing with the biggest check. Um, you know, I might get a bigger check than my lender. However, my lender has the best return on their time. And I, I show in that presentation how, yeah, I might walk away with a $25,000 check and my lender walks away with a $12,000 check, but I got 150 hours into this 
Mm-hmm. They got two hours into this. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, I'm making $300 an hour. My lender's making two, $3,000 an hour. So really, I, I, I consider lending the best rate of return for your time. It's the best seat at the real estate table between the, the, you know, the, the boots on the ground investor like me, the, the contractor who does the work on the house, the realtor who sells the house. If you put, you, you know, you look at everybody who makes money on a real estate transaction, the lender makes the, the highest rate of return on their time of anybody at that real estate table. Wow, that's uh, you're so right there. And the the more you get into it, the the less amount of time that it takes to actually go through. There's there's some paperwork that's involved in the deals, but once once you do a few of them, it gets easier and easier. Now, uh, so the so the lender's got the best seat at the table. Um, is there a way where you can do this on a tax deferred or a tax free? Uh, is is that is that possible? Well, yeah, of course. The IRA. Um, IRA is definitely the best tax savings, uh, tax saving strategy out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about making money and even, you know, we talk a lot about spending money and, and we're, you know, kind of, you know, in our, in our, uh, some of our educational stuff, what we do with our money and such and how to make it, what to do with it. But, uh, no doubt, uh, the IRA strategy using an IRA for, for these, uh, is the best way to keep, your money. Um, and, uh, it, it's the best strategy out there for, for keeping your money. And, uh, definitely, um, I don't recommend, um, buying in your self-directed, uh, IRA. Definitely lending is the best way to go. I, I do know people who do buy in the, um, in, in their IRAs. I just don't think it's the best thing to do with your IRA. I think, I think if you just stick with the strategy, lend in your IRA, and buy with your with your sideline cash. That's that's usually the best way to go. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that's great. And so just just to hammer home that point, if we've got some doctors and CEOs that are listening, if you've got money and you've got that money that's that you've got, it's got to be in a special type of of IRA environment. It's got to be in a self directed IRA, and we can show you how to set that up. But you can actually use that money. You can be the bank, and you can actually lend. To, to Wayne and to good success uh, and, and other uh, real estate pros like him. And then you can make, make, make that interest back. Um, and there's also, there's a lot of uh, more complex ways to do that. We won't get into that uh, right now, but um, so Wayne is uh, tell me, do you think real estate investing is riskier than the stock market? That's what everybody says. All the all, wall, wall street and all the financial planners all tell us that, uh, you need to be on Wall Street because that's that, that's where it's at. But real estate's risky. You agree with that? Well, let me uh, let me let me throw a few questions out, and we'll see if we can come with a come up with a the answer on this on our own. Um, well, let me ask you, Forrest, Will banks loan money for you to buy stocks? No. Mm. Will insurance companies insure your stock purchases? No. Will insurance company insure real estate? Yes. Will banks lend money on real estate? Yes. Hmm. Wonder why that is. <laughs> uh, you know, no doubt um, uh, real estate investing, I believe is much safer. And obviously the banks and insurance companies believe that too um, over the stock market. Um, it's secured by a physical asset. Um, and when you're in a lending position, you're never into a property more than 75% of its value 
um, and usually much less than that. Um, and where can you um, where can you get stock and only be into it seventy five percent of its face value um, when you purchase? You know, so I, I just well, I could go on and on and on. I, I think definitely real estate is su- such a uh, safer vehicle than the stock market. Not lot, and obviously banks and insurance companies believe that too. Great, Great point, and I and I'd, I'd like to follow up on that with just saying. Real estate investing the way that we do it is very safe. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that all real estate deals are safe. That would be like comparing uh, one stock to another stock. I mean, obviously, one may go to the moon and one may crash and be worthless. And there are, obviously, there's some risky real estate investments that are out there. Uh, But one thing that's really important is being with people that you know, like, and trust. And I know, like, and trust Wayne, and I know what he does and uh, if if you have the knowledge that of the people, if you if you trust the people and you have the knowledge of what you're doing, then uh, then it's it, it's it's very very reliable. Um, so, Wayne, you you mentioned making some mistakes. You want to throw some out there? What's the biggest mistake you ever made? Well, I don't really want to, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have to if you don't want well, to. I, I hate to put I, you on the spot. No, no, no. I, I don't mind. I don't mind talking about that at all. You know, uh, Forrest, honestly, I think my biggest mistake is going into real estate, this real estate arena without a tour guide um, with the, mm. and trying to go at it on my own without help. Um, definitely my first two bouts with real estate. I did. <laughs> um, I, I can I, I compare it to um, if you're going to a foreign country. Now, you can read a book. Uh, about that foreign country, um, and, and, and maybe you'll get some good information. But I think the, probably the best advice is to get a local tour guide, someone who's, who lives in that area, someone who knows um, you know, what the dangers are. So, um, so I, I, you, know, you can certainly read a book, and you can fend for yourself over there and try it. But I really, I, I really think the, uh, probably the biggest mistake I made early on was trying to go at this thing alone, get buying a real estate course and then jumping in with both feet uh, without, without really any kind of a support group. Um, And, and uh, that was, that turned out bad uh, on two occasions for me. And I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm in uh, two different masterminds right now. Um, You know, I spent $75,000 last year on education um, and, and we're, we're doing 300 deals a year. And yet I, I don't, you know, we're probably in the top 5% of the, of the active real estate investors out there right now. And yet I still feel like I need to keep my, I need to stay on top of what's going on out there. I don't want to get blindsided again by a market change that I didn't see coming. Um, and anyhow, there's a lot of, a lot of different things that, uh, you know, you definitely want to, you know, I, so that's one the main, main mistake that I made is trying to go at this real estate thing on my own without, without help. And that was, yeah. that was a, a huge mistake. Well, and that kind of leads into my next question. Cause I, and you just said it, I know you're, you're a big fan of networking and you're a big fan and in investing in, in your knowledge and, and being another mastermind group. So, you know, if somebody's listening out there and they're a doctor or, or CEO and uh, it, would it be wise for them to listen to this and then to go out on their own and try to go find somebody to do real estate investments with, or, I mean, how do they, how do they do that? Um, 
No, I think that the, one of the biggest mistakes that you can make in real estate investing is actually investing in somebody with, um, with very little to no experience. That includes yourself. Um, you know, it includes investing with somebody else that has very little to no experience. Um, I, you know, I noticed there's several levels. Number one, you, you, you got to be careful about people with, with that lack integrity, obviously. Then the, the second most dangerous, um, you know, uh, category is somebody who has integrity, but they have no experience. They're incompetent. Um, you got to be real careful because they are super honest people um, with tons of integrity, yet they're entering into a new area. And just because they're good in one area doesn't make them automatically good in another area. You got to be real careful about investing in inexperienced people, even if you are the inexperienced person. Um, very, very um, uh, dangerous to do that. Um, so I, I, I put here that, uh, you know, that really referral-based buying and investing is the best way to go. Um, you know, I, I just went, um, last week I went, I got ropey doped into going to, a, into a, some kind of a travel, you know, uh, presentation where they were going to offer me, you know, you know, $2,000 worth of free travel if I came and listened to their spiel. And it was just interesting as I was sitting there listening to them pump their chest and tell how great they were. Um, I noticed that there wasn't anybody referring them. You know, we went on the internet and it's like, you know, this, there's nobody referring them. Anyway, I just think that the, you know, I've kind of just made it a practice that really if I'm going to buy or I'm going to invest, it better be referral based, not just, you know, listening to someone pound their chest and tell how great they are. Listen to the people who are doing business with them and, 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 uh, you know, and buy and invest based off of what other people are saying about them, not just what they say about themselves. So I think just a good rule of thumb in general is to do referral-based buying and investing. And then a second thing that I think is super, super important is trust, but verify. Uh, I think Ronald Reagan said it, um, you know, and, and I know in your high-speed alliance, there's going to be trusted people in this group. And, they're, and to get in there, um, they're going to they're gonna be vetted by you. Um, and they're, they're going to, and, and you're going to get to work with trusted people that are, that know what they're doing, that are competent in what they're doing. Um, but I, I think too, it's important that you trust, but verify. Um, and that's why one thing we do is we open our doors and we let people come visit us. Um, you know, before even they want, if they, before they invest with us, some people they invest and then they come visit us, hmm. but we open our doors. We're an open book here. And we, we just, we teach people what we do. Um, and they spend a couple of days at our office learning what we do. And uh, we're not afraid to, you know, uh, we, we want people to verify, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think referral based buying investing is important. I also think you should trust, but also take a little time and verify, um, trust, but verify it way you did your own due diligence. And of course, when you're in a lending position, the person you're lending money to is more important than the actual investment that mm -hmm. you're, you know, that, that's securing your investment. Um, so I think it's well worth the time to get on an airplane or get in a car and go visit whoever it is that you're going to uh, invest in and, and, uh, and make sure you, you know, you verify, um, you trust, but verify. Yeah. Great, great, great point. Great, great answer. So Wayne, uh, you know, what are your, some of your favorite books? Um, well, no doubt. Um, 
when it comes to investing, The Richest Man in Babylon is a phenomenal, phenomenal book. Um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's just right down the road. It, it, it's, uh, um, it tells you, uh, I gives I think it gives you just some real good principles of saving and investing. Um, and then I'd also say the, uh, another book that I just recently read that's had a huge impact, um, on me is the book called God and Money. Um, and, uh, another just fabulous book that puts, puts things on the right perspective, um, you know, it, it puts uh, savings and spending and giving kind of helps you get the right balance there in uh, savings, spending, and giving. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. But it is a phenomenal, phenomenal book. Well, very good. Uh, I haven't read God and Money yet. I'll put that on my reading list. I have read Richest Man in Babylon, and I thought it was fantastic. I'm trying to get my two kids to read it. I'm even trying to pay them to read it. I mean, is that what is that is that the way to get it done? You, well, it's, you it's bribe story, them. It's a story for them. You think they? I, I, I okay. I had my daughter listen to it on audiobook when we went for a ride, uh, and she enjoyed it. It was she on got it. And she really liked it. Yeah, that's good. And uh, while we're on it, I'm going to throw one out that actually you gave me when I was up there last time. The Go Giver. I read that on the airplane on on, on the way home, and uh, that was a good one. Thank you for giving it to me, and that's a that's an excellent one. Um, so Wayne, what's, uh, what's your definition of freedom? What does that mean to you? Um, my definition of freedom is to have the time and money, uh, to do what God put me on this earth to do. Um, our company's name is good success. Um, we, we, uh, I, I, that, that word, um, enraptured me. <laughs> um, I, I, I searched through the Bible actually, and, and, uh, I, I searched the word success and really, the, it was only mentioned one time in the Bible, in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Um, and, uh, and it was interesting. It uses the word good success. Hmm. Not great success, but good success. And I was like, well, I wonder why it says good success and not great success. And then I researched it, and that word good in the Bible actually relates to the quality um, hmm. of, in, of success that you have. There's so much emphasis in this world about um, having a quantity of success. Oh, that's mm-hmm. the person's really successful. And we automatically think they have hard, a lot, a large volumes of success, but there's very little talk about having the right quality of success. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just watched a, 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 a movie here recently about a, a guy who had a very successful business, but, but man, the way he got there was kind of dirty. And right. like that, that guy has success. No one could deny that he had great success, but he didn't have good success. He kind of, you know, and, and I, the statement came out that um, the good success is doing good work to support God's work. In other words, it's important that you do things rightly. Um, you know, not just that you get it done, but you, mm-hmm. you do it the right way in order for the purpose of supporting God's work. But that's, that's uh, so we have good success and our tagline is doing good work to support God's work. So that's uh-huh. what, freedom. I love that. And I can, uh, I can relate with everything that, that you just said there. And that's, that, that's a similar mission to what we've got. We're, we're not just about trying to help doctors make, make more money and create more passive income, but we also have this, this tie in to, to the family and to the lifestyle and making sure that, like you said, you know, you could make a lot of money, but if the family's falling apart and you're not, you don't have the freedom to do the things that you want to do and spend the time with, the people that you want to be with and really make an impact on, on your generation and, and those to follow. 
you know, uh, the, the money means nothing. So uh, uh, I, I love that. And uh, I appreciate you uh, for, for the man you are and for, and for your mission and for really being able to verbalize your why and, and why you do the things that you do. Um, so if our listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, Wayne, if they, if they would like to learn more about good success and the masterminds and the belief events, I mean, how, how do they find out more about you? Well, it's interesting. You go to goodsuccess.com. Wow. <laughs> and it's interesting. We bought that URL and it would have been cheaper. I could have bought great success for, for less money than good success. But I, uh, we are a, a faith-based organization and I really wanted a Bible word and the Bible words are good success. So go to goodsuccess.com. Um, we do have a podcast, um, you know, goodsuccess.com forward slash podcast. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on iTunes, and we're on Google Play. So whichever your preferred social <laughs> avenue is, uh, just, just type in good success and look for the flame. Um, and we have a flame on our logo, which kind of um, it it's a G, but it also it represents the, the flame inside of us, uh, what, what drives you to do what you do. Um, and uh, we also, our phone numbers, area code 219-992-0655. If you prefer to, to pick up a phone as opposed, as opposed to going on the internet, once again, the number is 219-992-0655. Um, and then for us, we have, uh, we have two events that happen in our office. Um, and uh, we, we have a, what we call a belief event is one type of event we have where it's for active and passive investors who want to get to know us better and learn what we do and how we do it on a very detailed level. Uh, we bring people into our office for three days and we, we just pour into them for three days exactly what we do, how we do it um, in great detail. Um, and that's for active and passive investors. And we, have, we'll, we, we do that event four to five times a year. And you can go to our website, goodsuccess.com, to find out when those dates are. And we also have um, uh, our mastermind. And we do that every 90 days, um, a good success mastermind. And that's, that's mainly for active investors right now that are wanting to scale their business, systemize their business, um, put it on autopilot, and, uh, and scale it up to the next level. Um, we have a mastermind. And once again, the dates are on our website for those and uh, You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.